And Lord, we know because of your birth, because of your taking on human flesh, Lord, that we have incredible hope. Lord, we just have so much to be grateful for. And it's just a mystery to us, Lord, why you would come in such a way, such a humble way. And yet, Lord, we, we're just without words, really. You're an incredible God. You're an awesome King. You're our Father. You're our brother. And Lord, it's our privilege to know you. And today, as many people celebrate Christmas and don't know the real meaning, Lord, I thank you that you've called us out to know your purposes for our lives and for the world. And Father, today we celebrate. We celebrate who you are and we celebrate what you've done. And Lord, all we can say is thank you. Thank you, Father, that you loved us so much. Thank you, Jesus, that you were willing to give up so much to become just like us, to be trapped in a human body, to be subject to your own creation. Lord, you're the only person that created your own mother. It's just an amazing story. And you're an amazing God, and we can do nothing more than say thank you, Lord. Thank you for the privilege. Thank you for the honor. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Just before we start this morning, when we started 14 weeks ago, we're only a 14-week-old church, we had a goal of sending rickshaws to India, remember? How many do you think that we sent? Three. We sent two. We sent three. We sent four. We sent five rickshaws to India this week. That's five lives. Pretty cool, hey? Five families whose lives are going to be radically changed. Can I say thank you? I was really humbled this week when I opened up the bank statement and just saw the generosity of people. That's what Christmas is about, hey? Changing lives. Our lives have been changed and what a privilege that we can be a part of changing other people's. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. There's some incredibly striking titles that Isaiah used when he described Jesus. Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Almighty God. Great insights into the character and nature of God. 
I wonder if you were given the responsibility of handing out invitations to the birth of the greatest king that would ever be born, who would you put first on the invitation list? If I was writing the script, I would have written to every king and queen and noble person in the known world at that time and made sure that they were first on the list, that they got to be there and to bring their wealth and their presence and and shower them on Jesus. That's what you do, right? Make the most important people be on the list. But you know, there was only one official invitation to the birth of Jesus, and it was given to a group of unnamed, unknown shepherds. They were the only people formally invited to be present at the birth. And they appear to be, to me, total misfits to the whole story because they're nobodies. We don't know anything about them. Luke's narrative sort of shifts really suddenly and includes these shepherds in the story. And they have absolutely really nothing to do with what's happening, and yet they're included as part of the story. You know, in ancient Israel, if you were a shepherd, you were on the lowest part of the social ladder, right next to the pastors and the used car salesmen. You were right down there at the bottom. They were nobodies. There was nothing regal about them, nothing royal. They were unremarkable in every way. They lived isolated and reclusive lifestyles. In fact, they had very little human interaction at all. They literally lived with their animals, so they smelt. They would have been dressed really shabbily. They had no education. The only thing that they knew was to hang around with a bunch of sheep. And we know from New Zealand what happens if you hang around with too many sheep, right? (laughs) Go a bit silly. Sorry, Chris, I had to get that one But really, shepherds were the last people that you would put on the list, and yet Jesus, or God in his wisdom, put them first on the list. And I think that tells us something about the story of Christmas. Why shepherds? Because I think if you understand what a shepherd has to do to fulfill his role, it reflects the heart of God. So a shepherd lives amongst his sheep the whole time. Day and night. He doesn't get a break. There's no coffee breaks, no smoke goes. He has to spend all of his time watching over those sheep. And he has to be attentive and careful to them all the time because there's always enemies, always wolves or something ready to pounce on them. His livelihood, his whole existence depends on their health and well-being. And I think when God said, who will I invite first and foremost to be at the birth of Jesus? He said, I want to choose shepherds because they reflect my heart for my people. You know, perhaps it was their humility that God said, that's why I want them there. Perhaps it was good their courage and their dedication to their sheep and the extreme sacrifices that they paid each and every day to look after and tend their sheep. Perhaps our father knew that they were fatherly figures to their sheep and he was going to be the greatest father and greatest shepherd there would ever be. I don't know if you've ever been to the birth of a child, but as a pastor sometimes you get to be the first person in after they've had had a child and it's an incredible privilege to be the first guest to come and hold that little baby and bless it and welcome it into the world. It's just such a miracle to be part of that time. And for these shepherds, I mean, what a life-changing event. 
to suddenly be sitting there out in a cold field by a fire, angels appear and say, today, tonight in Bethlehem, you're invited. What? Why us? I'm sure they asked that question. Why us? Why not someone more noble, someone more regal? But these men were incredibly brave, incredibly dedicated, and incredibly sensitive to their little lambs and their sheep and their flock. As we understand who the shepherds were and what they did, it really reflects God's heart for us, that he loves us so much. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lay down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when the wolves come, he abandons and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is the hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for my sheep. You know, the imagery of God being a shepherd flows right throughout Scripture. And nothing paints that picture more vividly and more powerfully than Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Right from the opening line of David's psalm. Now remember, David was a shepherd boy. He knew what it meant to care for a flock, and yet he was now a king. Beautiful picture of who Jesus would be. But David was an unassuming young man, and yet he brings us face to face with the character and nature of God right from the beginning. God is all-sufficient. He's my shepherd, therefore, I've got nothing to worry about. Sanga nalanga matua reisi, they say in Fiji. Just means, no worries, mate. God is our shepherd. And if we've got a shepherd that loves us and cares for us that much, we don't need to be anxious. We don't need to be worried. You know, in a world that's scrambling desperately to find satisfaction, trying to find what success is and what fulfillment is, the Rolling Stones sang about it, hey? They can't get no satisfaction. That's the world's anthem because they cannot find it. They're searching in materialism, and materialism gives you false hope. There is no peace. There is no satisfaction chasing that. The world only offers us fake promises. But we lack nothing because our shepherd is our Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. He brings us a message of hope. And in him, in that little baby, we find true contentment, true happiness, true peace. I guess that's why Isaiah called Jesus Almighty God because nothing's impossible for him. He's always there to provide for us. And David goes on, he says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. You know, all you need to do is turn on the radio or the news to find a world that's scrambling to try and find what peace is. How do we find a solution? You know, the United States government fly around the world trying to match governments up and bring peace and, and bring solutions to military opposition and all those sorts of things, but they'll never get there. They'll never get there until we include the Prince of Peace in what we do. There's only one person I know that can truly bring the soul to a place of peace and tranquility, and that's knowing Jesus. He's the only one who can calm the storms in life. You know, a shepherd's job is to take his flock and put them in a pasture or in a place where they're safe and where they're well fed and they're well watered. And isn't that what Jesus does with us? Just gently moves us, 
guides us, leads us, so we're incredibly blessed and watched over. I have a friend called John who went to the, the Middle East a couple of years ago. And when he got back, I said, John, did anything sort of, you know, wow happen when you went to the Holy Land? Was there sort of something that really jumped out and said, you know, this was special? He said, yeah, there was one thing. He said, we stopped on a highway in the middle of nowhere at a service station on our bus and we got five minutes to get off the bus and stretch our legs and go to the toilet. And he said, I went for a little walk and there was a long highway there and I stopped along the side of the highway. And he said, you've got to imagine this place is in the middle of nowhere. And he said, a Bedouin man was coming towards the highway with his sheep. And when he got to the highway, he stopped and he spoke to every one of the sheep by name and they stopped. And he walked up onto the highway, checked that there were no cars or buses or anything coming, walked over to the other side of the highway, down into the ditch, and called every one of the sheep by name. And one by one, they came up over. And he said, I realised that's my shepherd. He calls me. And if I hear his voice, I'll be safe. I'll be watched over. I'll be protected. And I guess that's why Isaiah called Jesus the Prince of Peace. He's the source of our peace. Not normal peace. Peace that passes all understanding. I can't even describe it to you. No human knowledge can grasp it. When you know Jesus, you know peace in your life. You know how to find it. He guides me along right paths for his name's sake. There's a great show that they've put on TV just recently with Dicko in it. You know the name of the show? What's it called? Can of Worms. Trying to find answers. What's, what's morally right? And we've got all these celebrities and people that we're trying to get their wisdom. And yet Jesus has got the answer to everything. He'll guide us into truth, into perfect truth. And Christmas reminds us that he's the author of incredible wisdom. Who would choose to save the world through a child in a stable like God chose. That's incredible wisdom. I guess that's why Isaiah called him a wonderful counsellor. Because if we lack wisdom or need to know anything, we have a Father who loves us so much. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a banquet table for me in the midst of my enemies. And David reminds us here that our God is an everlasting father. I don't know if you've had a very good earthly father, but I can say I've had an incredible dad who has modelled for me love and protection and just to know that you have that somebody there to embrace you and hug you and and the sense of security and sense of, of just well-being you have when you know that your father loves you. Now, I've had the earthly experience of that and I've had the heavenly experience of that. And I know some of you may not have had the earthly one. But I want to remind you today that you have an everlasting father. Your earthly father may have abandoned you. He may not have been a very good role model. But you have an everlasting father, someone who will never leave you Never forsake you. You know, and I love that scripture verse. God is the God of Israel who never sleeps nor slumbers. In other words, there's not a moment, 
There's not a moment in our life when he takes his eye off us. He knows the very hairs of our head. I mean, I love my kids, but I don't know how many hairs they've got on their head. I don't know everything about them, but we've got a Heavenly Father who is so committed to us, like a shepherd. Have you ever watched a mum and a dad looking after a little toddler and they're sort of trying to watch carols or watch a show, but there's that watchful eye that's always on their kid. You know, where's my son? Where's my kid? That's God's heart for us. Never takes his eye off us. He's that watchful parent. You know, he's trustworthy and he's faithful. And David finishes by saying, You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of our Lord forever. Don't you get incredible comfort to know that in a world that's in crisis, economic crisis, you know, North Korea and the threat of nuclear war, like the disintegration of our society, just stop and look what's happening. Even in our own country, we're now legalising gay marriage. And the spiritual thermometer is just going down. And our society is spiralling out of control. And, and you can get really anxious. Have I got enough money in the bank if there's a crisis? Have I got enough equity in my home? Have I got this? Have I got that? But we've just got to stop and say, of the government and of his peace, there will be no end. We've got an incredible shepherd who loves us so much. That's why he chose shepherd to come. Very humble, very sensitive, very committed men, just like our God. He loves us with an everlasting love. There's so many attributes and so many character qualities of God that we could talk about. But if we describe God as a shepherd, everybody gets it. Because everybody knows a shepherd loves their sheep. That's what I want you to remember today. You are that little lamb on the shepherd's shoulders. You're on the shoulders of your daddy, God. He loves you. He loves you so much. And he's committed to you in an incredible way. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for your shepherd's heart for us. Lord, I thank you that in every situation in our life, you're there to protect us, to lead us and to guide us, to bless us and to love us. Father God, I want to praise you this morning that you sent your son to shepherd us, to weep over us, to nurture us, to foster us, to know you in your fullness and your glory. But Lord, you're not just a shepherd, you're a shepherd king. You're royalty. You are to be exalted, to be magnified and glorified. And this morning we thank you that you are Emmanuel God, God that took on human flesh. You clothed yourself as a man so that you might make a way for us to live with you eternally. Father, I want to praise you this morning that right across this nation, right across the world, there are people who are exalting you today worshipping you for being the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Father, thank you for reminding us about shepherds, how committed they are, how devoted they are, how sensitive they are. 
Lord, help us today to remember that we're resting on your shoulders. If we're weary, we come to you. If we lack wisdom, we come to you. You are the source and the wealth of everything. You are our shepherd. We will not want. You'll give us rest. You'll give us peace. You'll even give us a banquet in the midst of all our enemies. You'll never fail us. You are totally trustworthy. You are our faithful shepherd, King. Lord, we say thank you today. Thank you for this life that you've given us. Thank you for the opportunity that we've got not to know Jesus as a swear word, but to know that name as the name above every other name. That at the name of Jesus Christ, every tongue will confess, every knee shall bow. Every human that has ever lived on the face of this planet will one day bow their knee and worship you. Father, thank you that you gave us the privilege to do that without any pressure, but with grace and mercy. Lord, we come today with willing hearts. We say worship. Come and worship the King of Kings. Jesus, we exalt you. We glorify you. We magnify your name. You are so special to us, Lord, and so precious. We thank you that this is your birthday that we celebrate. Happy birthday, Jesus. We love you. We honour you today. Thank you that you are with us and never forsake us. We praise your name. We praise your name. We praise your name.